Hi, I'm Felicia, and you're listening to episode 116 of Five Song Set. I've been trying to improve my health, so every morning the first thing I do is go for an hour walk in a park near our apartment. I listen to music for the podcast on my walks, and I've gotten a lot of new ideas for upcoming episodes. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a big band song and decided to do a swing episode. By the way, big band and swing are apparently synonymous. Anyway, I downloaded a bunch of music from archive.org and started listening. Probably I should have expected it, but I ended up with too many songs for one episode. It was painful to cut any of them out. So I'm going to have three episodes for you of songs from the swing era. Conveniently, the songs that I picked out span the whole swing era, from about 1935 to 1946, and I'm just going to play them in the order they were recorded. In this episode, you'll hear songs from 1936 to 1938. Clearly, big band music didn't just appear from nowhere, so why is 1935 considered the beginning of the swing era? According to Wikipedia, the era's beginning is sometimes dated from the King of Swing, Benny Goodman's performance at the Palomar Ballroom in Los Angeles on August 21, 1935, bringing swing music to the rest of the country. Jazz had been spread out between a bunch of different cities, like New Orleans, Chicago, Kansas City, and New York, and the swing era saw a movement of jazz musicians to New York City. I think that the reason Benny Goodman was so important was that he, as a white man presenting a clean sound, could help bring this music that had been the music of African Americans to white audiences. For a little context, I thought I'd give some background as to what was happening at the time. In Europe, on March 7, 1936, in violation of the Treaty of Versailles, which officially ended World War I, German troops marched into the Rhineland and other regions along the Rhine. German territory west of the Rhine had been off-limits to the German military. This was the first of the aggressive military actions of Nazi Germany. Britain and France did not respond militarily, but adopted a policy of appeasement. In the U.S., some of the economic recovery from the Great Depression was starting to pick up steam. However, the country wouldn't actually get out of the Depression for some years yet. So that sets the stage. We're going to start off with Jungle Jitters, by Glenn Gray and the Castle Loma Orchestra, recorded on June 10, 1936. The group got its name after playing at the Castle Loma Hotel in Toronto in the late 1920s. From 1929 until the rapid multiplication of the number of swing bands in 1935 on, the Castle Loma Orchestra was one of the top North American dance bands. Glenn Gray, their conductor, was a saxophonist, and interestingly, the group was set up so that all members were shareholders in it. This meant that members of the group changed much less than in other groups at the time, although, according to Wikipedia, members who broke the rules could be summoned before the board, have their contracts bought out, and be ejected from the band. When you listen to this song, notice how unified the underlying beat is. Band leaders like Duke Ellington and Fletcher Henderson were responsible for changing the rhythm section from tuba and banjo, which had been previously important to dance music, to the upright bass and guitar. Also, you can hear that there are a lot of musicians. This was another innovation of the swing era. Here is Jungle Jitters by Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra. <laughs> 
was Organ Grinder's Swing by the Jolly Coburn Orchestra. This song was recorded on August 21st, 1936, but it doesn't feel as big band as the song by the Casa Loma Orchestra. I think that this early in the swing era, there may have been some bands who hadn't quite gotten the sound down. According to Wikipedia, Organ Grinder's Swing is a song composed by Will Hudson, published in 1936. It became associated with the Jimmy Lucifer Orchestra. Hudson based the organ grinder swing on the nursery rhyme, I love coffee, I love tea. Next up, we've got Old King Cole by Hod Williams and his orchestra. This song was recorded on August 2, 1937. Unfortunately, I can't find any information about Hod Williams. The song's title is clearly taken from the nursery rhyme, and is perhaps from a U.S. military version of a marching cadence. If the song had been recorded later, I would think that it could be referencing Nat King Cole, but he was just a teenager in the mid-1930s, and it sounds like he didn't get the King part of his name until after 1936. So, a little late for this piece. Anyway, here is Old King Cole by Hod Williams and his orchestra.
That was Spinning the Web by Chick Webb and his orchestra. Here's some information about Webb from Wikipedia. From childhood, he suffered from tuberculosis of the spine, leaving him with short stature and a badly deformed spine, which caused him to appear hunchbacked. The idea of playing an instrument was suggested by his doctor to loosen up his bones. He supported himself as a newspaper boy to save enough money to buy drums, and first played professionally at age 11. At the age of 17, he moved to New York City, and by 1926 was leading his own band at Harlem. Although his band was not as influential and revered in the long term, it was feared in the Battle of the Bands. The Savoy often featured Battle of the Bands, where Webb's band would compete with other top bands, such as the Benny Goodman Orchestra or the Count Basie Orchestra, from opposing bandstands. By the end of the night's battles, the dancers always seemed to have voted Chick's band as the best. As a result, Webb was deemed the most worthy recipient to be crowned the first King of Swing. Notably, Webb lost to Duke Ellington in 1937. Although a judge declared Webb's band the official winner in 1938 over Count Basie's, and Basie himself said he was just relieved to come away from the contest without embarrassing himself, surviving musicians continued to dispute the ruling for decades to follow. In 1935, Webb began featuring a teenaged Ella Fitzgerald as a vocalist. In November 1938, Webb's health began to decline. For a time, however, he continued to play, refusing to give up touring so that his band could remain employed during the Great Depression. He disregarded his own discomfort and fatigue, which often found him passing out from physical exhaustion after finishing sets. Finally, he had a major operation at Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore in 1939. William Henry Chick Webb died from spinal tuberculosis on June 16, 1939, in Baltimore. Reportedly, his last words were, I'm sorry, I've got to go. He was roughly 34 years old. Webb's death hit the jazz slash wing community very hard. After his death, Ella Fitzgerald led the Chick Webb band until she left to focus on her own solo career in 1942 and caused the band to disband. Now, before we go, five songs set is recorded under Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license so you can share it but not sell it or change it. All the rights to the songs are held by the musicians. The show notes, which you can find on the Five Songs Set website, contain links to all the bands and songs in this podcast, as well as lots of additional information. I'd like to thank Alexander Petersky for the theme music. If you would like to let me know what you think about the podcast, drop me an email at fivesongset at gmail.com or comment on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast by following the instructions on the website or by going to the iTunes store. Lastly, we're going to hear Sugarfoot Stomp by Jan Savit and his top hatters. Savit was born in what is now Ukraine, but at the time was part of the Russian Empire. He played violin and was considered extremely talented. This group, the top hatters, was formed in 1937 and started touring in 1938. At the same time, they played four days a week as the staff orchestra at a Philadelphia radio station, and Saturday's weekly broadcast was one hour coast-to-coast. They recorded this song on October 21, 1938. It was, I think, a reworking of an older song called Dipper Mouth Blues, which may have been composed by Louis Armstrong. Here is Sugarfoot Stomp by Jan Savitt and his Top Hatters. 
Until next time, this is Felicia signing off from a snowy St. Petersburg in Russia. Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.